Welcome to Women's Hoops and Talks, the What Podcast, where we are elevating the voice of women in basketball. I'm Tara. And I'm Cassidy. Thank you so much for listening today. We've got a great show coming up. Cassidy, your voice. <laughs> Is that left over from game four? Yeah, it's a little game four for sure. <laughs> well, I'm glad that you were there cheering for the Blazers, even as they went down in in defeat, it was a fantastic year. But we're not going to dwell on that because there is a whole other league just about ready to start. And to talk about that, we brought in a special guest. Uh, our guest today is Arielle Chambers. She's a host and multimedia journalist who is currently launching the women's platform for House of Highlights Bleacher Report. And you may have also seen her work on High Post Hoops, where she has reported on the WNBA since 2017. So we are looking forward to learning much more about the WNBA from Ariel today. Welcome to the show. I'm so excited to be here. So excited. (laughs) Well, we are really looking forward to learning more about this league that is going to start on Friday. But as we usually do when we start our podcast, we like to do an icebreaker just to get us all warmed up. Cassidy, you want to go ahead and give us the icebreaker? Yeah, I figure since we're uh, exploring a different league today, I think we should explore a little bit of a different sport. So what is a sport that you've always wanted to learn more about? Okay, so this isn't an always situation, but my friend Erica Ayala, she's actually my colleague, she covers women's hockey. And I think it's like a space that not many people cover or know about. I didn't go to my first hockey game until I started cheering for the Rangers. I was on Blue Crew. And so just that's like a world that I have no, know nothing about. I didn't even know there was a women's league. Um, and now they're under some scrutiny. But Kim, Kimberly Sass has been like promoting it. And I just want to, you know, be more involved in that space. Cool. Uh, Cassie, do you want to go next? Um, yeah. So mine is pretty random and out there. But every year or every time I watch the Olympics, the Summer Olympics, I get really into handball, which is like, it's crazy fast paced and exciting. I don't know what's happening half of the time, but I'm just like cheering for random countries. So I get really into it, but I think I'd like to know more about it. It's so popular overseas. You'd be shocked. (laughs) Ariel, I just watched my first hockey game a couple of years ago when um, one of my previous podcast hosts, she was like helping manage a minor league, like, like, you know, 18, 17, 18 year olds um, from all over the world came to the Northwest to play in this like junior hockey league. And it was so much fun. And like mm-hmm. you, Cassie, I had no idea what was going on, but it was, <laughs> it was really, really fun to watch. But the, so the sport doesn't make sense to me at all, but that's why I'm like, I need to explore it. Cause I just don't understand it. But anyway. yeah, well, it was weird because some of it made sense to me. Cause I played soccer for a really long time and I played a ton oh. of indoor soccer And so some of the rules, like, and some of the style of play reminded me of indoor soccer because indoor soccer, you play off the wall all the time. So Mm. that part made like perfect sense to me. Um, it, there was a lot of other stuff, stuff but I, I thought it was, I thought it was really cool, but it's just, it moves so fast. It's so hard to watch. And, uh, I don't know if I will ever learn it, but I'm definitely going to go to another game because it was really fun. So the, the sport that I'm really interested in is uh, one that was introduced to me by a coworker of mine who is from India. And I was asking him what are some of the sports that he likes to watch. And he likes to watch something called Kabuti. 
I huh? think I pr- pronounced correctly. I'm not. I'm, I don't think that's quite. It's K A B A D D I Kabuddi, and it's. It looks to me like kind of a combination of it's tag, um, but you play it within like a confined space and you tackle each other. And what? the person that you're trying to tackle is saying kabuddi 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 the whole time. And it is it looks what? it looks so fun to play. <laughs> like I I so I I went down this rabbit hole one day of YouTube videos watching it. Um and it looks super fun to play. It's hard to follow, but it looks really fun to play because yeah, there's like 10 people like in this like little they play outdoor or indoor and like one person's like trying to make it from one side to the other and everybody else is trying to tackle them and then they switch. I don't know. It looks really like it would be super fun to play. So that is my odd. That is my sport. <laughs> it's really popular in India, but it just hasn't made it over here yet. I've but, never heard of that, and I'm fascinated. Yeah, <laughs> I'd be terrified. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it looked it, it looked super interesting. Well, anyway, like we said, we are um, the Blazers just finished their season. They unfortunately lost to the Golden State Warriors. And so the Blazers season is over, but the WNBA is right around the corner. And Cassidy has you've watched it some, right, Cassidy? You've you've followed oh, yeah. it for several years, I, right? I followed it religiously for the two years that Portland had a team. I, my parents were season ticket holders. I was at every game. I knew every player. I was so into it and then when we lost our team I kind of fell off a little bit but I definitely watched games here and there awesome well and I really do not have a lot of exposure to it I've been to uh, storm games but I don't know enough about it so we called it an expert so Ariel, <laughs> we are so excited to talk to you but before we get too far into the WNBA um, can you tell us a little bit about yourself and how you came to be involved in sports and in the WNBA in particular yeah, of course. It's funny because I'm a cheerleader and <laughs> everybody looks at me. I'm six feet tall. So everybody looks at me and automatically assumes that my background is basketball, but it's not. But I'm, I have a unique situation where I'm from Raleigh, North Carolina, which is mm-hmm. NC State. And Kay Yao, legendary coach who died of breast cancer, uh, RIP. But when I was in elementary school, we used to take field trips to the Kay Yao games, the NC State women's basketball games. And I just fell in love with women's basketball. And so I was raised knowing more about women's basketball than, than men's. When I got to high school, I still cheered. I played volleyball, but I was the girls' basketball manager. And my best friend, Lakivia Boykin, played basketball. She took it collegiately and um, played overseas a little bit. But I traveled with her AAU team, so I became involved there. In college, I went to NC State. I cheered. Um, that was like a lifelong dream of mine. But after college, I moved up to New York, and I cheered for under the MSG umbrella. So Knicks, Rangers, and the Liberty. And a couple of my friends played in the WNBA. And I noticed there was no media covering them. And I was like, why does, why does nobody want to cover this? So I just started doing it myself. Uh, I knew where they were staying, the way team stayed. So I would just go to the hotel, set up my phone, have interviews with players and post it on YouTube. And Howard Megdal, um, he's with High Post Soups. Back then it was called The Summit. And he gave me my first opportunity to use a platform to get coverage out. And I built up my credibility um, writing about basketball. Like, don't get it twisted. Just because I'm a cheerleader doesn't mean I I don't know the sport. I know basketball. Like, it's the back of my hand. Um, So that's how I got involved in sports. And then I walked up to LaChina Robinson at the 2017 draft. And I was like, you're my goals personified. 
She was like, I already know who you are. And she was like, take down my number. And the rest was history. So shout out to Howard and LaChina for making me who I am. That's amazing. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I have a million questions that I'm going to save for another time about being a cheerleader because I really want to learn more about what that's like. Such a sport, but that's a podcast for a different day. (laughs) Yeah, I know. I like, I, I was like, I want to talk about that, but no, we're going to focus on what's in front of us, which is um, the WNBA. So you just, you, you create, you didn't necessarily come from journalism background. You created it because you saw that here's this league and here's all these players and there's aren't, there isn't enough coverage for them. So you just were like, I'm going to do it. Well, okay, so it would be a lie if I told you I didn't come from a journalism background. My dad actually is <laughs> in the Journalism Hall of Fame, and he co- uh, he teaches. He's like a professor at uh, North Carolina Central University for mass okay. communication. So journalism is in my blood. And okay, I can, like front about that. And I was a communications major, uh, double major, English and communications. So but, you really saw a lack. You were like, you were. <laughs> but like, I was like, no, yeah. we have to talk about this. So, um, yeah, but it was something as simple as capitalizing off the digital age and, um, you know, doing it by myself. If a network didn't want to pay for me to do it because I didn't have a reel at the time, I was going to just make a way. And then I feel like these women deserve that coverage and deserve somebody who's passionate about it to share their stories. And that's that's what gave me purpose. That's amazing. I love your weekly recaps on uh, YouTube for High Post Hoops. <laughs> They're definitely one of the ways I keep up to date uh, with the WNBA. And so I'm wondering, uh, before the season kicks off on Friday, what are some big storylines going into this season? Um, hey, I don't know if you guys were on Twitter yesterday, but <laughs> the the injury situation, um, the latest is uh, from Sue Bird. She's going to be taking eight to 10 weeks uh, at minimum off because of a preventative knee situation. So she can be good in the long run and uh hypo soups broke it. So shout out, shout out to us, but there are so many star players missing this year um, between Sue Bird and Diana Tarasi, who's going to be sitting out the first part with her back and Skylar Diggins Smith on maternity and Maya Moore um, taking t- personal time and Brianna Stewart with an Achilles injury and, we don't know what what's happening with Candace Parker's Achilles, but that does leave room for new stars to grow and, you know, flourish. The big biggest storyline outside of the injuries has been Liz Cambage, where she's going to end up. And she just signed with Vegas and she seems really happy. And I'm really excited to see her, her play under Bill Lambier because I know your your viewers or listeners probably already know about how he's like, you know, bad news. And Liz is kind of the same, like bad girl vibe and they're both post players, and I think that he can really groom her to be even more dominant than she already has been this this past year. So for for my own personal um, help <laughs> and for other <laughs> listeners who aren't as familiar with kind of like how the league is set up, can you give us like a super basic primer about like how long the season is, how many games there are, how many teams there are, and like yeah. what the sort of arch of the year is? Of course. Uh, the WNBA is the most competitive professional league. There's only 144 roster spots available, 12 teams and 12 players per team. The season uh, starts in May, and last season was awful because it was so condensed. It ended in like early September, but it's typically May to October. And yeah, it's like a summertime playtime, but like the most competitive play you'll ever see. And that's what I respect so much about them. It's just they play 34 games, but 
it's you're playing the best of the best. Like, I mean, uh, many of them are Olympians. Uh, they're it's it's just top talent. So that's the rundown on them. Uh, there's. There's more West teams, but we don't break it up East and West. It's just the top eight teams go to playoffs and play from there. It's like the first few rounds are single game elimination and it goes best out of. So that's the format. Right on. So (laughs) you mentioned a few um, of the big names are, well, a bunch of the big names are all out for uh out for the season or for significant chunks of the season and you mentioned that that leaves room for some possible rising stars to come in and show off who are some of the uh you know the people that we should watch for who might come in and take on some of that load so last year asia wilson came to the league and made completely a splash i haven't seen that type of star quality since candace parker so Asia Wilson's going to be able to carry the the aces very far between her, Liz Cambage, who's Australian, but she's here, uh, and Kayla McBride. I think they're going to lead the aces like super duper far. I think Tasha Cloud is going to, she's placed for the Mystics. She's going to have a breakout season like she did last season. It's just going to be a continuous growth from her. The Mystics are going to be really good. Uh, Chenea Gumake went to LA. She wanted to be closer to her sister. She forced that trade. And so that leaves Connecticut, the Connecticut Sun, uh, with more options to showcase their players. They have top-notch talent. Courtney Williams flies under the radar a lot. They have all-star starters in Jasmine Thomas and Alyssa Thomas and John Quell Jones. It's just going to be really, really fun to watch. And my personal favorite from New York, I think Amanda Zowie B with the right minutes will just do such great things on the Liberty. I mean, she has to help with Tina Charles, obviously, and it's, it's going to be fun. It's going to be fun. So as somebody who, who covers the league, you know, you, do you have a, fa- you probably can't have a favorite, but did you? Yes, I up? can. Oh, you can. Whoever, okay. <laughs> Tell us about that. Is, whoever says journalism is non-biased is lying. I am so biased. I'm so partial toward the sparks. It's ridiculous. If you ask me anything about the sparks, I'm going to be like sparks, sparks, sparks. Um, I was Lisa Leslie fan growing up. I was awkwardly tall. So I was like, you know what, sis, I'm rocking with you. You're over here setting the example. Like you can be, you know, great on the court and fierce on the court. And then you can be fierce on a runway. And I just think that Lisa Leslie is like what made me like fangirl the Sparks. Um, Candace Parker is one of my good friends. And so I love her to death. And I think she's the greatest ever. So I'm partial to the Sparks. Am I going to report it uh, neutrally? Yeah, but. If I, you best believe it, Bleacher Report, Candace's jersey is on my chair. That's <laughs> 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 a thing. Well, so the in the in the NBA, there's the players, and then there's also quite a bit of drama surrounding coaches. So, does the WNBA have similar drama around coaches, or who are some of the coaching personalities besides Bill Lane Beer? Um, Ooh, last year, Fred Williams got into it with the, the GM of Dallas, and but he's he's no longer in Dallas, but he, he does have a job. But there's not really much coaching drama uh-huh. um, so much. Uh, Derek Fisher is now the head coach of the L.A. Sparks. So <laughs> that's a thing. And what's that going to be like? The players love him. I met him um, during the NCAA playoffs and I loved his energy. He seemed really excited to coach uh in the WNBA. So I'm, I'm going to give them a clean slate. I'm going to just hope for the best for them. I don't want any coach to fail. 
Uh, I love how in the W, like we, we see former players be coaches like Katie Smith is the head coach of the New York Liberty. She's WNBA champion and, you know, team USA from before. So it's just, it's just fun to see that kind of situation play out. Uh, some sad news though, Dan Hughes got diagnosed with stage four cancer before the season started. So he, he just had surgery on that. So we're, and he's we're with the storm, a, right? He's with Seattle. Yes. And Seattle's just going through it. I'm just glad they won a championship last year because who knows what's going to happen with them this year. Well, that kind of leads me to a question. So I am kind of a free agent in terms of choosing a WNB team to root for. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I def- uh, So Seattle is kind of a team that I've had my eye on because obviously they're closest to us in Portland. Mm-hmm. But like I didn't want to get on, you know, jump on the bandwagon when they had just won a championship. But now I see them, you know, they're having um, with, you know, players out and their coach being sick. Now I'm like, okay, maybe they need my support. But, you know, (laughs) who are some of the other teams that you think are would be intriguing for someone who's like just, you know, trying to find an allegiance? I would heavily suggest either Atlanta Dream or Las Vegas Aces. Okay. Fun new teams with like really young stars on them, and they're just really, really fun to watch. Like, there was a video that we posted last week that went viral with Renee Montgomery from The Dream dancing on the sidelines, and she's actually hysterical. And it's just like, even if you know nothing about basketball, you'll have fun at an Atlanta Dream game, you'll have fun at a Vegas game because Vegas has all the personalities. I mean, Liz Cambage just got flown in to Coachella on a private helicopter yeah. to DJ. Like, who? I mean, <laughs> that's crazy. So, like, if you want to fall in love with personality and talent, those two teams definitely by far. The Atlanta Dream and the Las Vegas Aces, is that what you Absolutely, said? Absolutely, yes. Okay, I'm making a note of that. I'm always somewhat, I'm somewhat intrigued with Vegas because I think it's so interesting that Vegas is starting to get all these teams now. I know. And they're successful teams. Like, their hockey team did great. And then Vegas, for their first year for the Aces, they did great. They're going to probably be, well, they, they are championship contenders this year. It's going to be insane, like. Vegas knows how to treat their athletes, and I think that's why they're so largely successful. Right on. So in Portland, we haven't had a team in 17 years, uh, so there's been kind of limited access for us to watch and go to games. Uh, Do you think the new CBS WNBA TV contract is going to help reach a bigger audience? I think any visibility will. We We have new TV partnerships. You know, individual teams have new partnerships with networks, which is what we need to like steer the revenue and like grow the game and get that exposure out there. We have a Twitter stream. There's I think 20 games that are going to be on Twitter. If you can't, if you don't even have a cable subscription. So it's absolutely going to help grow the game. I hope people tune in. There's really no excuse not to, if you love ball, you love ball, you know, Mm -hmm. and you might not be dunking, but I think it's weird when people only look for dunks in games. Yeah. Like, it's just weird. I don't understand the point of it, but like the point of only like saying people can't ball if they don't dunk. It just doesn't make any sense. But just, I don't even want to go with the generic, oh, you'll love it because it's fundamental basketball. No, it's just good basketball. So mm-hmm. I think that you should, you know, all the listeners out there, I'll challenge you guys to watch the games on CBS. Or like if you can get out to a game in, in person, that's great too because you can get like tickets for like $13. So it's a great family venture. New York Liberty, there are any New York listeners out there, the preseason game, or not the preseason, the the tip-off 
regular season tip off, $80 for four people and four bags of popcorn and an encore picture and a shout out on the Jumbotron. That's a great deal. Wow. (laughs) Yeah. So there are deals like that throughout all the teams and it it just, there's no excuse not to. What are the, what are some of the things that you say to detractors? Cause it is, um, I cannot believe how much people love to just pile on women's basketball. I don't understand it. And I just kind of, I just sort of fly by and see what happens sometimes when people say something about women's basketball and then just people just like say horrible things. Like, do you have any idea or thoughts about like what's behind that? Here's what I've learned. Um, And it it took a one tweet response to, to sum it all up. Somebody says something completely outlandish about women's basketball in my mentions. I don't even know what it was. And I quote tweeted and I was like, here's the attention that you've been looking for. And then he like DM me and was like, that's the first time I've ever gotten a retweet. So I think they do a lot for attention. It's it's a disgusting approach, but we have to realize that people are typing from in front of a screen. They never, they never say this. And some of them are fans. Some of them seek out WNBA and women's basketball tweets just to say something about that. And to me, that obsessive behavior is 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 fandom and that's okay like it, it's it, we're past the point where we even take that personally i stopped responding because i'm not going to give them that satisfaction it's just it's like what, what's your mother saying what's your sister saying what's what are your girlfriends saying like i i don't i don't understand that in that sense but we've got to stop giving them the satisfaction of getting those responses because a lot of them just want attention and a lot of them are like 12 year old 12 years old and just reiterating what, like what older people say. So a lot of them are young hiding behind the, the no abbeys. So we have to, we have to realize that too. What are some of the ways that you've seen the league change in order to try to become more popular, get more market share, you know, get more attention um, and just like make, get out there. So more people will watch it. I don't think it's necessarily been trying to get more popular. I think that the players are getting more comfortable with being themselves and being like, F it. I'm going to say what I want to say, how I want to say it. I'm going to be me. And I think that social media has helped that too. They can express themselves and and the public can feel more connected to them, whereas they hadn't before. So I think the outspokenness of the players is helping. I think the media is helping because there's more of us. I mean, there's an exponential difference from them when I first started covering it. Um, so it's just visibility and candidness is, is what's helping grow it. Mm-hmm. One of the things I know that, you know, deep NBA fans who get really, really into it. One of the things they love is the accessibility of all of the stats and all mm-hmm. the, the salary cap information and everybody's, you know, how exactly how much everybody makes and you can look it up in the CBA is it the same sort of transparency for the WNBA? Not remotely. We work really, really hard to figure out the numbers and make them available to the public. And by we, I mean the media, not the front office. So Howard Medgall of High Post Hoops has a database that shows all the players' salaries, which is like depressing. Like I wouldn't suggest going to look at it because the average salary is like, what, 60000 It's abysmal. The max salary for the WNBA is, I think, 111000 Anyway, um, but her hoop stats does really well with giving like stats and random quick facts. And the WBB timeline also gives good stats and quick facts. So I always refer to those three things when I want um, the numbers and the history of the numbers. Uh, It's, it's really useful. It's really useful. 
why do you suppose that is that like there's so I mean, you can't like walk down the street without falling over some new NBA stat site, you know, that has, gets the mm-hmm. API from this person and they turn it into all these visualizations and da, 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 da. like you can't like avoid it practically. What do you think? You know, why is it so hard to find that same information in WA? Because isn't the WNBA like closely affiliated with the NBA? Yeah, the NBA owns it. The NBA right. has it. So that's pretty closely affiliated. <laughs> that, for me, the the hiding it shows that you see the in like the discrepancies between the two leagues, and you know that what you're doing is wrong. And I like not to get too deep into it. I just I just think that for so long it's been tried, like been covered because they know it's wrong. They know the percentage of revenue that the players are getting is at 20% as opposed to the NBA's 50%. And they're trying to, you know, keep the public away from that. Um, as far as stats, the, it, I don't even know how many people are dedicated to just the WNBA in that front office. So that's another thing. They don't have people to do it. They don't have the numbers to do it. Um, and and it, it's, it's a sense of like carelessness in the WNBA side, which is very sad, which is why the media, the ones who are actually WNBA reporters are so adamant on trying to like stick up for the women because it's hard to find people who actually care about them um, from the business standpoint. So I think that that's why they know it's wrong. Well, and you know, we hear about players who go overseas so that they can make money just so that they can afford to come back and play in the U.S. Is that true? Yeah. Just imagine Brianna Stewart out of college, won four uh, NCAA titles, went to an Olympics, won the gold there. And now she's a WNBA champion from this past year. And her salary on her second or third year was 56000 so you have to you have to weigh in those. I mean, she's compensated otherwise with sponsors and stuff. She has a great agency. She's under Wasserman, but not everybody has that luxury to be sponsored by a company. So yeah, there are players out there that are making the rookie salary is like forty thousand. There are players out there making forty thousand dollars, so they have to go overseas where they're actually respected. I remember twenty fifteen or sixteen, Diana Taurasi sat out, and her team overseas paid her. million to sit out from the WNBA season just to sit out to save her body. And so it's just, we have to figure out why overseas cares so much more about them than, than the WNBA who's the most competitive league in the entire world. Mm -hmm. So it's just confusing. It's confusing. Well, we got to start showing up to games and that's, that's what it is. Show up to games, pay for league pass, like I know there there are ways to get around League Pass, but like pay for the League Pass. League Pass is like pennies. Yeah, sixteen ninety nine for the entire season. Sixteen. Oh my goodness. One okay, I'm definitely about to do that right now. Yeah, it's it's it, the more you know, but like that's another thing. We a lot of people don't know about it. A lot of people don't even know when games are. I remember when I first started covering it. Honestly, my first what got me into cheerleading is. My friend was trying to see her friend play at MSG and I didn't even know that Liberty played at MSG when I first moved to New York and I saw the cheerleading squad for the Liberty and I was like, I'm going to do that. And I emailed MSG and they were like, I think you need to do Knicks first. So I, I, I cheered for the Knicks 
first and then I cheered for the Liberty. So like, it's just like, I didn't even know about it. My friends play in the league. So it's, it's just re- like, now it's gotten a lot better, but it's just really, you know, we have to reach out and tell our friends and tell our families and tell, you know, Twitter and all this, these other platforms, like, Hey, this is going on. Support it. Like you might not like basketball, but just fall in love with the people who play it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So just little things like that. Cassidy, we'll have to have uh, some women's hoops and talks WNBA watch parties. Oh, absolutely. I think we should do a trip up to Seattle. For I sure. think you guys should. Like, I know that in New York, they started a WNBA like fan club, and it's like a grassroots thing. that They're spray-painting shirts. Um, Jewel Lloyd's mom makes posters and, and to support the, the girls. Like, it's, it's just there are a lot of like little movements that you can do to just spread the word, and it's great. So a little, just a few couple wrap up questions to mm-hmm. kind of get back to the basketball on the court. So yeah. for those of us who are just coming up off of watching the WNBA, are there any different rules or differences between the men's and women's game that we should know about? Yeah. Okay. So the women's game is 40 minutes and it's 10 minute quarters and it's, it it's played below the rim, which who, cares um and that's really the only the only difference it's just the shorter game mm-hmm. um the yeah. 30 second shot clock 24 24 now okay cool. mm-hmm. 24 second shot clock so it's the same like kind of pace it's it's a little slower than the men's game but easier to, to follow if that makes sense i like it slow like i the nba to me is chaotic so like i like the pace that they play and it's just you know, it's fun. They play 34 games as opposed to 82. Is there a regular like game day schedule? Like they play on Wednesdays and Sundays or anything like that? Or is it all over the place? Like how can people find the game? So you said subscribe to league pass, but what are some Mm -hmm. other tricks for finding the games? Uh, Typically the weekend games are, are, or the Sunday games are typically during the day. They're, it, it always varies, but this year there's tip off on Friday and Saturday and Sunday. So, I don't think that there's a specific day of the week this year, but you know, just be on the lookout for them. The weekday games, unless they're camp days, are going to be at seven thirty, eight o'clock. And aside from the league pass, are there there are, the CBS deal you guys were talking about? Is that something? Is that like national CBS? Yes. So CBS Sports is it's what's going to be on it, and then the individual teams have their own networks, like. The Liberty just uh, agreed to their the Yes Network. That's going to be happening. Previously, they were with MSG Network. I know Atlanta Dream is Fox Sports South. Um, I'd be happy to provide you guys a list of them. But the the beauty of it is we have a Twitter deal. So catch it on Twitter. If you if you don't even have a TV or if you don't have a phone with a TV subscription, Twitter. Go to Twitter or buy League Pass. It, it works. It, it works. Sixteen ninety nine. We we can we can we can kick in for that. Well, one last question. Uh, unless unless uh, you have anything, Cassidy, right now, I was going to ask her to tell us more about the Bleacher Report House of Highlights Women's Platform. What that's all about? Yeah, yeah, go for it. So I Bleacher Report. Okay, it's funny because my friend at ESPN said they're not going to cover women's basketball and unless they get pressure from like somebody like Bleacher. And Doug Bernstein called me into Bleacher Report and he was like, here's what we're trying to do at House of Highlights. Uh, We want to create a women's platform, a place where, you know, women feel represented 
in all spectrums, whether that's like sports or just the athletic space in general. So we do viral videos too. Um, but he wanted me to create it. And so it's called We Are Jayla. That's the Instagram name. Uh, it was named before I got there. But um, it's basically Jayla is supposed to be all of us. In Generation Z, one out of every five girls are named Jayla, shockingly. What? So I know. It's very strange. They did this whole <laughs> research. I know. It's, yeah. Wow. So <laughs> they want us all to be Jayla and encompass this identity, kind of like how um, Daquan in the joke situation, but it's just like a generic name okay. that's female presenting that can cover all women's sports. So I will be doing all sports, but I am women's basketball centric. So there'll be heavy WNBA coverage and the World Cup is coming up. So heavy coverage on that as well. Again, it's We Are Jayla and you'll see it. We just want to make it like as personable as possible. People can submit via DMs, any type of videos or anything like that. They think are like popping and I'll put it on the page. Um, I'm going to work to do original content with player personality pieces and, and things of that nature on IGTV. So we're just really trying to make it pop and like showcase the players on and off the field in court. That sounds amazing. I'm yeah, so no, excited. Were you great. just so excited when they were like, here's this project? A hundred percent because you, you have like, people don't realize covering women's basketball is passion led, right? I've last year, I probably spent $5,000 covering it like spent. Yeah. So that that's that's another misconception about being a sports writer or, or journalist. It's sacrificial if you're doing it for women's sports. And so for Bleacher and House of Highlights to believe in this this project and believe in the importance of, you know, creating a woman's brand, that's beautiful. And you see play like I, I'm thankful to Chloe Pavlik at Overtime Women's Basketball. She um she kinda like set the standard for women's basketball coverage. It like on a on a big platform level so that's where slam online hired camille from the WNBA office to launch their women's platform and this thing in bleacher and house of highlights has been brewing for a while but we want to be more all-encompassing of all sports and so it's going to be just a dominance of sports women in sport and it's going to be great and i think that like it could be collaborative it, it's for the people by the people and it's going to be a fun time. That's so cool. So the house of highlights, is that just on that? So that's an Instagram account that started off as just somebody like posting highlights and then it got really huge. And then it was eventually picked up by bleacher report. Is that correct? You nailed it. You nailed it. So Omar, he is the genius behind house of highlights and bleacher report found him and, you know, bottom. Mm-hmm. <laughs> He's a subcategory of Bleacher, okay. and uh, now they're 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 starting their women's platform. So we're they're like, let's make big. a whole space for women, yeah, um, who, who want to go experience all that stuff. A hundred percent. House of Highlights is the most followed sports media on like social media. So it's mm-hmm. it's great. It's I think we have twelve something million followers, and Bleacher <laughs> Report has nine million. And I'm trying to get Jayla to 10K by June. So okay. you know, we're building this thing up. We're building her up. <laughs> and is, is that just on Instagram or is there also Twitter or other social accounts? Right now we're just on Instagram. I just okay. started last week. So I'm trying to build up my, <laughs> my brand and, and, um, and keep that going. So it should be a, a blast to build up. And 
we're kind of trying to do it separate from the House of Highlights brand and just like, you know, create our own organic following. It's like a for us, by us. That's so cool. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. Well, we should let you go because we've taken about as much time as we promised it would take. So <laughs> even though I could ask a ton more questions. I'm um, always here. <laughs> Yeah, we uh, we loved having you on. Thank you so much for giving us this glimpse into uh, WNBA. And I'm still not quite sure which team I'm going to root for. So maybe Sparks. I'll have to check in. <laughs> well, so as Portlanders, we're obligated to hate the Lakers. But oh, no. We're, but we're, we're not the Sparks. <laughs> but I have but to say I'm oddly attracted to the Sparks. Like, and Tara... I mean, I hate to admit like it publicly, but okay. I've been a Sparks fan since Elena Beard got there because I just cheer for whoever, whichever team she's playing on. Exactly. And she's still there. She's and she's still there. there so I'm she still cheering for the Sparks. Candace, Candace was like, you got defensive player of the year. You can't retire on that. You still got some left. Mm-hmm. So, hey, Elena Beard's back. So, like, I'm thinking Sparks. Now, let me stop before <laughs> everybody else is like the other 11 teams are like, Row. but no. <laughs> <laughs> Well, a couple years ago, they played, uh, was it the Lynx that they played mm-hmm. in the final? And that That's was a classic rivalry. A that classic was WNBA rivalry. So fun. That championship series was the most fun championship series of any sport of any kind that I had ever seen. I did watch that. And, like, I would like the game that, this, that the Sparks would win. Then I would love the Lynx. And then the game that the Lynx would win, I would love the Sparks. And I always like loved the other team. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, I, I, but those seem like kind of the, the two powerhouses of it's of funny the because that's what it was up until last year. And then there's the, the league got smacked with parody. It just, mm-hmm. it's just so weird. Like Lynx and Sparks dominated for the past, like what, five, six years. And then all of a sudden, everybody's catching up because it's a different style of play. People are playing positionless basketball. So it's, 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 you see like point centers running down, like drive, like you see a Liz Cambage taking the ball down the court and you're like, what? And these are things like Candace has been doing. Um, but now that's just the normal style of play for younger players. So the versatility is crazy. Glory Johnson pulled a couple of threes. Imani uh, McGee Stafford, who just got traded to Dallas, six, seven, pulling threes. Like mm-hmm. it's crazy, it's crazy. It, what What's the deal with Dallas? Because I know that Liz Cambage just asked for a trade away from them. Is that right? Mm-hmm. Yep, and now she's with Vegas. Okay, and so like, did she say why she didn't want to be in Dallas? Or she's, she publicly said that basically, uh, she questioned the public. She was like, "Would you Would you stay at a job where you were treated mistreated?" and miserable every day. Okay. So, so she wasn't take happy that. there. She was not mm-hmm. happy. And she's been very vocal about her history of depression and how she needs to make it her focus of, um, self care, uh, to be able to play in this league, because if not, it's going to be a problem. Right. And so, that was not a good place for exactly. her. Exactly. Okay. And exactly. But that's where Skylar Diggins plays, right? Yeah. Skylar Diggins Smith just had a baby. I love watching um, her play. I can't wait. To, when's she coming back? Probably in two weeks. It's crazy. She's oh. like such a competitive person that she's like she gonna just had the baby and she's coming back in two weeks. Well, yeah. Oh my yeah. She's so, <laughs> so tough. Women are I'm not so going to say two weeks. I'm not going to say two weeks. That's like <laughs> me putting words in her mouth. But right. she, she wants to be you back. I think this it'll be season. too long. Yeah. She wants to be back this season. And knowing her, she's such a competitive person. 
spirit mm-hmm. that it's going to be no time. That's just Skylar for you. And then you can't really, <laughs> you can't really do anything when Skylar has her mind made up. <laughs> I almost think that her pregnancy was strategic so she can't return. And it's, it's just funny knowing her personality. <laughs> well, that's awesome. Well, thanks again for joining us. That was so great to talk to you and learn about some of these things. Can you tell people how they can find you and remind them once again about We Are Jayla? Yeah. Okay. So my Instagram, well, my social media in general is Ari Ivory, A-R-I-I-V-O-R-Y, um, every social platform because I like cohesion. Uh, and then smart. <laughs> very smart. And then for the House of Highlights women's brand, we are Jayla. It's just Instagram and it's we are Jayla. And submit me your videos because I will post them. <laughs> Awesome. Thank you so much. Well, that is going to do it for this edition of Women's Hoops and Talks. I'm going to, Cassidy, I'm just going to keep talking because I know that your voice is really, (laughs) really shot. Like, I swear we're going to have an episode where you're going to do all the talking and I'm going to be quiet. (laughs) Sadly, for all of your fans, this is not it. Or things. Yeah. You keep drinking that tea and honey. And uh, we'll be back next week with Cassidy in full voice. Um, You can find the Hoops and Talks podcast in the Blazers Edge podcast feed. So follow us at Blazers Edge and subscribe to the Blazers Edge podcast feed and wherever you get your podcasts. Find us on blazersedge.com. You can email us at hoopsandtalks at gmail.com. We love to hear from you. Thank you, Daniel, who wrote us a lovely email last week. We really, really appreciated it. And everybody else, tell us how we're doing. Tell us what you want to learn more about. We have the off season coming up, so we're going to have some time to you know, go off on some different topics and we would love to hear what is on your mind. Uh, for uh, Cassidy and for Ariel, thank you so much for listening and we will catch you later. Thanks, guys.